patriarchal masculine Catholicism. <laughs> Amen, brother. The, but, but it's not talk masculinity. No, it's, it's not. Well, it's well-ordered masculinity. Right. Based on the principles of the New Testament and St. Joseph. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show, Holy Hour of Power. Terry, I'm reporting for duty. What about you, my oh, friend? Oh, my, Jesse. And I, I'm reporting because I'm... I love to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ with anyone who will listen. And I thank all of our listeners to listen to the Virgin Most Powerful, because that's what we're all about. Jesse, here's a topic that I think is awesome. Ten reasons to pray public square rosaries. Uh, we're going to cover that. I, I started publicly praying the rosary when I was uh, 19 years old at an abortion clinic. And at first I thought, wow, this is odd because nobody's doing this. And then the Shield of Roses, it just seemed like in the late 70s it started blossoming. And now you go to 40 Days for Life and there's all kinds of people praying. And I think it's just awesome. We're also going to be covering an interesting topic. I had Father Murr talk about this the other day. And that is the issue of the... Um, the hang on one second. I just lost my thought. It was about Musk and his comments about saying that uh, the abortion mentality that was going on in the world right now is really just destroying the church and the unborn have no voice. So I thought that that was kind of interesting that, you know, you'd expect, you would you would expect church leaders to say that, but not uh, Musk. <laughs> so let's, let's give him this. Let's see what he has to say. Also, <clears throat> Pope is asking theologians to demasculize the church. And he, he's basically saying <clears throat> we want to have more women theologians and to get rid of this, uh, and I, I don't know if he's talking about toxic masculinity or just men who are men. I, I kind of sense we have, we're lacking in a church right now real men, so I'm not sure what he means by that, but we'll get into that and, and much, much more. But Jesse, I just want to mention to you for your uh, need-to-know file, one of my heroes in the church, who's a very masculine cardinal, his name is Cardinal Robert Seurat, and... Uh, Here's a little thing he's put. He sent out on the anti-internet on December fourth. He said, "Statistics show there will be a serious cultural, religious, and demographic imbalance in the West in the very near future." Mm. He said, "The West, decadent, without children, without families, will disappear, drowned and eliminated by a population of Islamic origin." Jesse, you've said that for years, but this yep. is a cardinal saying it. So I, I, I mean, Jess, you're okay, but when you, but you know, you're outranked here, buddy. Oh yeah. Cardinal says it. I'm going to listen a lot more than if you say it or I say it. So I thank him for doing I, that. I've been saying that since I yep. made this uh, this yep. lecture series called Sharia Law. Yep. That's right. I, I think I made it about 15 years ago for St. Joseph's Communications. Sure. I've been I've been saying the exact same yep. thing. I'm glad a, somebody with the weight well, makes of you, a cardinal. Yeah. 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 It, it, you know what it makes? We're on the right track. We're in the right lane with what we're trying to do. And Jesse, I got one more thing about, <clears throat> we call it the need to know file. It's sad, but the administration, I think, is held responsible for all the unemployment and the border problems. But U.S. Whole, whole household wealth falls in the third quarter. Uh, you know, with inflation going up, with all the chaos that's happening in our country, uh, mom and dad, the families are being hurt by this. And so I just hope people will vote uh, you know, and get out and vote for a uh, more fam friendly family uh, candidate who's not going to be killing the unborn. You think that hurts the economy? Of course it does. Try, try selling baby food. I went and got some baby food today. And I thought about that. Where, 
you know, they're killing off the abortion through abortion in our country. What's that doing to all the industries that support family? Well, it's killing it. And so I think that it's a time for a change in my take. Jess, what about you? Any need-to-know file information? Yeah, just one need-to-know file. That's over in your neck of the woods, Terry. Uh, Gavin Newsom. Oh, yeah, don't tell me. He, he cancels a public Christmas tree lighting to avoid pro-Hamas protesters and other leftists. Oh, yeah. So, That'll so in other words, Terry. Masculine man, huh? Yeah, yeah. So in other words, the terrorists are, are winning Oh, in yeah, California. by intimidation. By an, there you go. That's my point. So uh, this uh, there was plans to put a do a Christmas tree lighting ceremony, probably out there in Sacramento. I'm guessing yeah, where the governor's at. Yeah, right. And uh, but Co- California Governor Gavin Newsom, he canceled Tuesday's scheduled annual public lighting of a Christmas tree on the grounds of the state capitol in Sacramento in the face of a permitted 300 person pro Hamas demonstration planned for the event. Yeah. In other words, they were going to disrupt it. They were going to make sure that... That's what they did in Michigan. They exactly. did that in Michigan, brother. So, so Gavin Newsom caved in yeah. to what... these leftist pro-Hamas demonstrators, and he announced that he will instead hold a pre-recorded virtual ceremony lighting of the Christmas tree on yesterday. Yeah, see, let me just ask you a question. Pathetic. Let me just ask you a question as a policeman, yeah. your police hat. Yeah. Wouldn't that incite more... Uh, incite would incite the bad guys to do more of these kinds of things to try and stop people from just living a normal life and, and with intimidation that yeah. by, by not standing up to these people, they're going to continue to do that and much more. Am I on to something? Yeah, because bullies, yeah. they thrive on weakness. Yeah. And they know when they, they that there's a, a professional victim, so to speak, yeah. a victocrat. They know when there's a person that's not going to fight back or resist. And they, uh, you know, it's like throwing chum into shark-infested waters yeah. when you show, when you show weakness in front of these bullies. Well said. All right, brother. Well, let's get some soul Speak, food in Lord. our souls. Your servants are listening. Yeah. Matthew chapter tw- seven, verse twenty through twenty-seven. Jesus said to his disciples, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven." Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house, but it did not collapse. It had been set solidly on rock. And everyone who listens to these words of mine but does not act on them will be like a fool who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house, and it collapsed and was completely ruined The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Two things that jump out there is number one is that if you're not building your marriage, your personal life, your interior life and your family life based upon Jesus, the person of Christ and his holy gospel, Mm -hmm. uh, you're 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 building it on quicksand. Yeah, you're you're going to fall apart personally. Your marriage is going to fall apart and your family life is going to fall apart because your foundation is on quicksand. That's the first thing. The second thing our Lord said, he talked about the fact that uh, what you have to do to go to heaven. And in, and right before that verse, in verse 13 of Matthew's gospel, he says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and easy that leads to destruction. And those that, that enter it, and those that who enter it by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few, few. 
He also says a few chapters after in Matthew 22, 14, many are called, but few are chosen. He also says in Luke 13, 22, he says, strive to enter by the narrow door for many, I tell you, will seek to enter, but will not be able. And also, if you want to know, remember in the Old Testament, if you want to understand how to read the Old Testament, the Old Testament is read in light of the church because the church is the new Israel of God. And so the hermeneutic principle of reading the Old Testament is, remember this word, church. Every time you see Israel, church, 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 church. That's the hermeneutic principle for Catholics on how to read the Old Testament. Look at Zechariah 13, 8, Old Testament, yep. prophet. He says, in the whole land, says the Lord, two-thirds shall be cut off and perish, and one-third shall be left alive. Now, that's a prophecy of Israel, but that's also a prophecy of the New Testament Catholic Church and the world at large, which our God says the whole land, the world, two-thirds shall be cut off and perish. That means damned. And one-third shall be left alive. That means saved. And so make sure you're part of the one-third that's going to enter into eternal life. Live and die in a state of grace. Well said. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Archbishop Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. Jesse, he he follows up with that scripture reading. He's going to say this about weakness. Because right now, uh, this is, I think if Bishop Sheen was alive today, it hits us completely right in between the eyes. He says, Almost everyone today wants a religion, but everyone wants a religion that does not cost much. Yeah, water it down, bring it down. For homosexuality, come on. Uh, adultery, that's okay. Fornicate, come on. It's all okay. Lower the bar. It's a lot easier that way. Bishop Sheen says, that is why Christianity has been watered down to suit the modern man. I think he's describing the modern theologians and the prelates in our church who have said, hey, the Bible's wrong about homosexuality. The Bible's wrong about this. We've got science to go to. That's what they say. Those people are wrong. And Bishop Sheen, thank you for telling us that we should never look for weakness when it comes to our Catholic faith. We should always have the model of Jesus Christ and nothing less. So thank you, Bishop Sheen, for that. Well, Terry, we're going to be talking about, in the next segment, 10 reasons to pray a public... A, a public rosary, oh, yeah. uh, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, this is happening all over the country. Late yeah. Catholics Thousands are rising up. Yes, and and that's a beautiful thing. We want to see that. So, but those of you that live in Phoenix, yeah. tonight I'll be leading a rosary at seven thirty p.m. to nine p.m. at the Arizona Financial Theater. <laughs> they're going to have a Christmas drag event. Are you oh, kidding me? You gotta be kidding. Me. Cr- they're they're going to be blaspheming and profaning the Holy Family tonight in downtown Phoenix. Catholics, join us tonight at 7.30 p.m. I'll be there at about 6 or I'm going to be there an hour before. Don't worry. we I've already got law enforcement. Uh, they're basically, <clears throat> uh, they're, they're, they're happy that we're being there. They're, they're happy that the Catholics are going out there. That's I all bet I they say. are. Oh, well, yeah. This is very important to bring your faith out onto the streets. When we come back, we'll talk yep. more about that and Absolutely. much more on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin, most powerful radio. Stay you with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess Romero, Terry Barber on duty. 
Just just mentioned that we're going to be talking about the 10 reasons it's important to pray the rosary in public. I'm, I've been so convinced of this, Jesse. I've heard people say to me when they pray the rosary, and you're there, and they go, you know what, I used to pray the rosary. I know that prayer. I think I'm going to start back up just because of you. This is amazing what can happen. But Jess, let's talk about the miracle of the sun was public. What's that all about? And we'll hit these 10 points. Yeah, Our Lady of Fatima on October 13, 1917, yeah. Our Lady performed a miracle witnessed by 70,000 people, mm-hmm. guess what, in public, yep. including atheists, communists, and anti-Catholics. Some of them converted, and so your public square rosary rallies, wherever they're being held, tonight's at Phoenix, will remind people on the street that conversion is possible. Wow, that's a great story there. Number number two, Jess, reach fallen away Catholics. You know what? For every Catholic that's practicing his faith, six aren't, okay? So we have a terrible ratio. According to research, only a small percentage of Catholics attend Mass, right? The public square rosary is a great way to reach the non-practicing Catholics. And if they see you praying in a public place, they might be moved to become a better Catholic and start praying their rosary. That's, I've seen that happen over and over, Jess. Number three, public prayer gets results. Oh, yeah. Pro-life Catholics have peacefully prayed the rosary in front of abortion clinics for decades. And what happened? Roe versus Wade was overturned. Yep. So the power of prayer has blunted the advance of abortion and their public prayers save lives. In fact, recent studies show that abortion clinics are closing at a rate of one per month. And Jesse, just to add to that, we know Joe Scheidler wrote a book, 99 Ways to Close an Abortion Clinic. And he said the number one way is to have public prayer of the rosary in front of a clinic because it stops them from having abortions. So this is important. Number four, be a Fatima apostle. The Lord sent the apostles forth to teach all nations, right? The Great Commission. Praying the rosary in public is an excellent way to introduce others to the Catholic faith and to the Fatima message. Now, no man lighting a candle or it will with a vessel or putteth it under a bed but settle upon a candlestick that they who come in may see the light. That's right from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verse 16. Yes, we got to be the light of the world. Here's the big one. Why we need to go oh, out there. Yeah, and, and, huge. And tonight, tonight I'll be out there at 7 p.m. I think if, if my the engineer could put to the flyer right on. Uh, oh, yeah, he put it back up again. If you can put it back up. Uh, public pray, pu- Public sin, excuse me. And they're going to be committing blasphemy against Jesus and the Holy Family yep, there it is. tonight in downtown Phoenix at the Arizona Financial Theater, 400 West Washington Street in Phoenix. Bring your rosary, bring crucifixes, bring holy water, bring your sacramentals and become, come in a state of grace. If you're not in a state of grace, don't come. Hey, yeah. public sin requires public reparation. Our culture openly flaunts sin. You hear it on public airwaves, on primetime TV, on the Internet. Laws favor abortion and same-sex marriage. Rosary rallies are a public act of reparation for these sins hurled against the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Your public rosary will console God. At Fatima, Our Lady said to the children, quote, You saw hell where the souls of poor sinners go. To save, to save them, God wishes to establish devotion to my Immaculate Heart in the world. Wow, let's do it. Number six. Will the media promote Fatima? Are you kidding me? Not the secular media. Never. It's up to us to promote devotion to Mary outside the choir. And you know what I'm going to say also? It's not in here. 
Don't expect your local parish to promote Fatima, okay? They might, but only 3% of Catholics even know about the message of of, uh, Fatima. So let's just, you know, let's just do it ourselves. Uh, To pray the rosary in the public square is a powerful way to promote its recitation. Catholics must not be ashamed of their faith. Everyone, therefore, shall confess me before men. I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Now, during a public rosary rally already held, non-Catholics have stopped and asked for rosaries and wanting to learn how to pray. That's just because, you see, your boldness about your faith, it's contagious. Yes, I've seen that. Continue. Yeah. Uh, point number seven, yeah. public rosaries in history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At the end of World War II, communist Soviet troops <laughs> occupied Vienna, Austria. That's right. They refused to leave. Yet after massive public rosary processions led by Father Petrus Pavlicek, yep. the communist invaders packed up and left. <laughs> for no large, reason. Large-scale public rosaries were likewise credited for foiling a communist takeover in Brazil in 1964. If the rosary saved these countries, it can save America too. And that was about 10% of the population praying the rosary. See, one out of 10. So we, we can do this. Number nine, preparing for Our Lady's triumph. No, eight, eight, Terry. Oh, I'm sorry, number eight, sorry. Duty to honor God publicly. Thank you, Jess. Secularists have been attempting to drive religion and morality out of the public square. You think? Oh, yeah. They'll intimidate us. Remember that? Here in California? This must not happen. Catholics have the duty to oppose the secular agenda. That's Jesse's brother, Johnny. He did it. Mm-hmm. We openly honor God and respect his rights. The 2023 Public Square Rosary Crusade will make this point. Point number nine. Yep. Preparing for Our Lady's Triumph. And to me, this is not a coincidence. I think all these rosary rallies are occurring. I think something big is around is oh, around yeah. is around the corner. I, I'm telling you, I think you're because right. there is so much evil right now, and now there's and what's the pushback? It isn't guns. It isn't you know tanks and planes. It's rosary rallies all over the world in yeah. Europe and the U.S. They're cropping up everywhere. Something big is happening. Remember this in the Old Testament. When the Jews would go out into battle, what would they do? They would take out the Ark of the Covenant. And their enemies would say, whoa. That was like the secret weapon for the Jews. Whenever the Ark came, that was the presence of God. It was a wipeout. And so who is the New Testament Ark of the Covenant? The Blessed Virgin Mary. This is what's happening all over the country. Public rosaries are taking the power of the New Testament Ark of the Covenant and we're projecting all the graces to our enemies and to this culture of death. Point nine, the Immaculate Heart of of Mary will triumph over evil. It's a great privilege to be among those who trust in her, in her, in her triumph and honor her in the public square. The powerful rosary campaign will hasten God's victory, attract blessings on America, and surely strengthen every rosary captain and every rally participant. Hmm. Well said. Number 10, public prayer is powerful. In his monumental work, The Secret of the Rosary by St. Louis de Montfort, public prayer is far more powerful than private prayer to appease the anger of God and call down his mercy. And... Holy Mother Church, guided by the Holy Ghost, 
has always advocated public prayer in times of public tragedy and suffering. Jesse, think of the people in Spain last week who were told by the socialist government, you, it's, a, it's against the law to pray the rosary in public. And what did hundreds and hundreds of Catholics do? They went out with their rosaries and prayed the rosaries in public. See, to me, Jesse, that's where it's going right now. They're going to try and stop us from publicly professing our Catholic faith. And we have to say, well, you want to yeah, let the chips fall. I don't mind. I'm going to go down. I'm going down praying. And uh, I think if we do that, I think personally that the government will back down when we have that when we have large numbers of people standing up for the faith. That's exactly my uh, the, 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 the Catholics in Spain. Yeah, they had their government back down to them. The Catholics That's in right. Spain, the government was trying to stop them from praying the public rosary. That's right. And they defied them I love it. And, and, and went out there in greater numbers and held the rosaries <laughs> up in the face of government officials and began praying. Jesse, can I jump in and ask you to give one story that's in your brain and nobody else's brain about the rosary? And this has been said, we got a few minutes. I don't know if you can do it this quick, but this was back in the early 90s when you were a cop and, and the Rodney King thing. And you I'll make it, I'll make it quick because I know it. Because it's powerful. So this is uh, early 90s, uh, the day after the Rodney King arrest. Los Angeles was up in flames. Yep. The city was, uh, was, it, it was held by the gangs, basically. They held it in siege. There was riots. There was looting. There was public beatings. And, there was, and a lot of buildings were on fire in the city of Los Angeles. Yep. I'm, going home, I'm, I'm, I'm driving to work in the morning from the San Fernando Valley from right to East Los Angeles. But I lived down the street from where Rodney King actually was arrested on Osborne and Foothill. I, I probably lived about five, four or five blocks from there. Well, out of curiosity, I said, I'm going to just drive by and see what's going on there. My wife said, don't pass by. Just get on the freeway. Go straight to East Los Angeles. She <laughs> says, there's a lot of people that are, that are rioting right there on, on the actual location where Rodney King was arrested last night. Well, I was a hardhead. I didn't listen. I drove my El, Chevy El Camino real, cru, cruising by. I just wanted to tell the guys that work, hey, I, I drove by Foothill and Osborne where Rodney King was arrested last night. So I just wanted to just say that I passed by there, you know, for just, just for history's sake. Well, there's probably about 150 black young gang members and they had made a, a checkpoint like a firewall. Yeah. And all of a sudden, as I'm driving down Foothill, I'm saying, "Uh oh, I'm stuck. OK, we're all going like a car wash. It's one, two miles an hour. And I'm, I look ahead like 100 yards ahead. I said, oh, no. I see a wall of young black gang members and they're beating everybody up. It's, they look in the car. If you're not black, you get beat up. And then they open up the human wall. Then they let the car go. And then the next, they close up the human wall, the checkpoint. And then they start beat. They look at the next person, the driver. If you're not black, you get beat up. So I said, okay, uh, I'm about to get beat up here. And I had a, I had a, my sheriff's uniform right underneath. Uh, uh, I, I have, I, I'm embarrassed to say, I had a Los Angeles Dodgers windbreaker on. <laughs> Back hey? then, yeah. Yeah, back then, in 91, I think. And, uh, and it was covering my uniform. So I said, if, if these guys if, if these guys find out I'm a deputy, off-duty oh, deputy on my way to work, you're dead. they're going to take me out and they're going to kick me to death. There's oh, about 150. Now, I was young and in good shape, but 150, are you kidding? You're out of number, Jess. Yeah. Now, I had my gun. I had a lot of bulls and a lot of magazines. <laughs> and it's, it's a horrible situation. Yeah. So I'm saying... Okay, so it's dropped into self-defense, 2263. I have the right to defend myself, use proportion of force necessary. So in my mind, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. So I grab my rosary, I grab my gun, and I'm driving like this. 
Rosary, 11 o'clock, my gun, 5 o'clock, and I'm driving, and I'm praying. I'm praying, Terry, man, like, hell, I mean, deep, deep groaning prayers. So all of a sudden, I get right up to the checkpoint yeah. where there's, again, there's a, the Crips and Bloods got together just for this event because they hate each other, but just to beat up on anybody else who they perceive was pro-law enforcement, yeah. uh, they got together. So I was the next person in line, and mark, mark my words, everybody that was not black was getting beat up. I pull up. I've got my, I'm praying. I got my rosary 11 o'clock. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord's the, they wrap, young, six young black guys wrapped up around my car with baseball bats and bricks. And I saw the protocol that they were doing. They'd wrap around your car, bust all your windows. They hit. Hey, Jess, let's wait till the end of the break on this one. I asked you to give this story because it's one of my favorite rosary stories. And uh, folks, you won't want to miss the end of this story on how the rosary saved Jess Romero. I'm going to say from death because I know he's a good fighter, but with 150 guys, yeah. you know, you, you could be a good fighter and still lose. Dead man, dead man. You got it. Stay with us, family. We'll be back to finish this wonderful story of how the Rosewood saved Jeff Romero's life. We'll be right back. <laughs> Jesse, everybody's asking this story. I'm getting texts all over. Yeah. That really happened to Jess Romero. Well, wait, you ain't heard the rest of the story, brother. Finish your story. This is a good one. Yeah, I think the story is on YouTube. It's called How Our Lady Saved Me from a Beatdown. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on there. So if you want to see like the whole story, yeah, it's, on it's called fullsheenahead.com. Yeah, I mean, How Full Our Sheena, Lady Saved Me from a Beatdown. Right, Full okay, Head. so this is, Rodney King was arrested March 3rd, 1991. This happened, so March 4th, I was going to work in the morning. They called me up. It was my day off, and they said, come to work. The city's on fire. You, uh, you got to suit up, and you're going to be here for about two weeks. Don't plan on going home. <laughs> so, but the, the arrest happened right down the street from where I lived in, in Lakeview Terrace, California. And I lived just down the street, so I saw all the, light, the, 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 the jingles of the police lights the night before when Rodney King was arrested. I didn't know what was going on, uh, but the next morning when I'm driving to work, and I saw on television that there was an arrest that was that was had made the national news. I said, "Man, I want to just pass by and and just uh, you know tell the guys that worked that hey, I passed by and, and this is what I saw." Well, that was that was foolish on my part. Again, the Crips and Bloods, which are notorious black gangs in Los Angeles, vicious, vicious gangs. And I know the founders. I know who started them. A guy named Tookie Williams. He's dead now. He was executed, and a guy named Rantan. These guys, these guys could have played professional football. I mean, uh, Terry, they look like our, our buddy Fred Krause. Oh boy! Uh, they, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they used all their talent in st- to start the most notorious black street gangs, which are now national. Okay, so I'm driving my car to work, and remember, these gang members had gotten together to beat up any. They, they just, they just wanted to just cause chaos and violence, and 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 the, anybody who was not black, they were beaten up. And so as I got, so I'm stuck with my El Camino, like behind me, there's about 20 cars, so I can't put it in reverse in front of me. There's like, you know, I'm, we're, we're, we're going like a car wash two miles an hour. Wow. So I'm holding my rosary at 11 o'clock and I'm praying. I mean, I'm praying deep, deep. And then at five o'clock, I have my nine millimeter and I, and, and I'm, <laughs> I don't want to shoot anybody, but, uh, but I'm definitely not going to let them kick me to death either. Right. And so in my mind, you know, when I fought in the ring, it, 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 there's all, there's preparation before you step in the ring. 
you see yourself winning mentally. It, it's this, it's athletes do this right before competition. You got to see yourself winning. So I'm picturing myself worst case scenario. How am I going to get out of this? Even if I have to use my firearm, but I'm praying the whole time. All of a sudden I get right up. So I'm the next car right up to the, it was not a police checkpoint. It was a gang member checkpoint. And guess what, Terry? The police in Foothill Division, where I live, that was the, the, the cops that patrolled my area. Right. I heard on the radio, they, they said, by the way, there is no police on the street in Foothill Division. They're, they've all been called back to the station because the station is, being, is, is taking fire. Wow. Gang members were passing by Foothill Station. Black and, and, and Hispanic gang members were sh- doing drive-by shootings at the police station. The, the police put sandbags around the station, wow. and they all stood there with their mini-14s, their AR-15s, yeah. uh, just basically uh, trying to, to hold, make sure that they don't you know, ransack the police station. So I know there's no cops on the street. I don't have a handheld radio because I'm driving to work. The radios are at work. There's no cell phones. This is pre-cell phones, Terry. Yeah. So it's me, my rosary, and my gun, and my Catholic faith. Right. And now I'm in front of 100 young black gang members that got bats, bricks, and rocks in their hands. And I'm seeing what they're doing to everybody in front of me. Terrible. It's like a government checkpoint, you know, like when you, what you experience when you cross the border. Yeah. Well, as they wrapped around the car, all of a sudden the main protagonist, he, 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 pushes, he, he brings a baseball bat, the, the baseball bat back. And he's right in front of me. So I'm saying, okay, here he comes. As soon as he's going to smash my window, I said, I got to take him out. So I started raising my gun and all of a sudden he looks and he says, Hey, Hey, he's cool. Hey, let the brother go. The brother's cool. Let the brother go. The brother's cool. I'm like, what? Cool. They all put their bats down. Wow. My rosary's 11 o'clock. Hail Mary full of grace. My gun's five o'clock, but I did. I did. I started raising it because I was ready to, to take him out. I had to stop him. Yeah. He goes, the brother's cool. The brother's cool. Let him go. They opened up this human wave of these young black gang members. I punched my El Camino, drove through. They closed this human wave. And as I looked through my rearview mirror, they continued mercilessly beating up uh, drivers that were not black. Incredible, Jesse. Incredible that they let you go and no one else. And you got to attribute that to the Blessed Virgin. Of course. And I'll tell you, Terry... The, there, there's a hospital down from my house. It's called All of You Medical Center Hospital in Silmar. Yeah. Uh, me and my wife know people that work there. My wife worked there actually for a while. Uh, that day, yeah. 200 drivers drove themselves to emergency from that corner. Wow. Not me. I, I, and I'll t- tell you, I'm looking around at people's faces. They're dropping F-bombs. They're like, they, you know, they're scared. They're seeing what's going to happen to them. Wow. And they're saying bad words. Yeah. Well, you know what's coming out of their mouth? There was a black smoke of Cain. That, this, this, there's, that black smoke, that sacrifice went down to the ground. Wow. What was coming out of my mouth? Crazy. The sacrifice of Abel. White yep. smoke, Terry, was coming out of my mouth. And it was acceptable to God. And God saved my life or I'd be dead right now. Thank you, Jesus. That's all I can say. Wow. Hey, Jess, let's, thanks for sharing that story. Even, I've well, only you heard twisted it. my arm. Well, you know why, Jess? Because we need inspiration. If that gets one person to start praying their rosary, <laughs> then I'm happy. I'm a happy camper, bro. That's how I see it, man. One person, one soul for Christ. Okay, let's shift gears to this next topic you picked, Jess. 
Elon Musk says the unborn have no voice in response to Jane Goodall's pro-population control video. What's that all about, brother? So Elon Musk, uh, the richest man in the world, yeah. and, and he, you know, we, we, I don't know what his faith is. I don't think he's a man of faith, but he's definitely a man of common sense, Terry, because he seems to be with us on the, a lot of culture war issues. Yeah, see, can I jump in and just say yeah, something? Yeah, of course. One of our high information listeners says, I was blessed to meet the man behind Musk in Indiana. His name is John Rusick. He's a committed Catholic and Musk former mentor. And so wow. there you go. I just we just found the missing link. Mm. Go ahead. I, see our list. I want to thank our listeners for sending that to me because I I keep seeing things where he you know he has a bunch of children. What's he? What's going on? Who's influencing that man? Well, now we know. Wow, that's keep, that's good news, Terry. Yep. Keep going, Jess. Uh, so Elon Musk has said that quote the unborn have no voice close quote in response to a video from World Economic Forum contributor. And population control advocate, feminist Jane Goodall. Yep. Uh, Elon Musk, he wrote on X, on a, <laughs> he said, Former quote, Twitter. <laughs> she is so wrong, arguing in favor of reducing humanities, arguing for genocide. The unborn have no voice, close quote. Elon Musk's comments came in response to a video clip from an older interview posted by, quote, Wide Awake Media, close quote, in which Jane Goodall advocates for reducing human population. Uh, Goodallstead, the feminist said, if I were allowed to change a few things, if I had this magic power, I would like to, without causing any pain or suffering, reduce the number of people on the planet because there's too many of us. <laughs> it's a planet of finite resources and we're using them up. Another earth worshiper. That's exactly. my comment. So, yeah. So Jane Goodall added that she would like to change the, quote, unsustainable lifestyle of everybody else, close quote. Well, you know what? If, if she's so worried, Terry, she could go and euthanize herself. I mean, it's legal in most yeah, states. You, you, th- you know what? It just you could, if, Anybody could do that. I mean, if, if, she, if she really wants to be consistent, like there's too many people who start with yourself. I'm not advocating murder or suicide, but don't worry about me. If you think your your, your footprint is too large, then then you, you know, do what you've got to do. She yeah, said... We're just greedy, she concluded. Pick it up there, Terry. No, I just want to say one thing. I'll let you. The the countries all over the world that have uh, the lack of children coming, whether it's Japan or North Korea. North Korea just came out last week with uh, the leader crying, saying, you women aren't having children. It's wow. it's it's going to eliminate North Korea if we don't have children. Please have children. And then you got the other side of the fence saying what this lady is saying. And I'm saying, look, talk to the people in Japan. Talk to Western Europe. They're not reproducing. You know what, Jesse? The only continent that's reproducing is Africa. Wow. India isn't. China isn't. They're all having problems. This is a uh-huh. disaster. And so when someone says all this about, you know, we're make, we got too many people, what planet are they living on? Have they ever even gotten in an airplane, Jesse, and crossed <laughs> the country and looked down? And what do you see? Land with nobody. Land, land, Come land. Come on. Empty, empty, you, empty. you continue with the article. I just had to throw that in because this is ridiculous. She's not using common sense at all. She's, she's obviously got her agenda, and that is to, you know, there's a big agenda. Some people only want, like, you know, a half a billion people, not eight billion people on the planet. They think the, that that's the Masons, Freemasons. Of course it, they it, do. It, it's commandment number one of the Ten Commandments of Freemasonry. Yep, yep. Continue, Jess. She's probably a Mason. I, all the Mandalos are probably that. Masons. I suspect, I suspect all of yeah. them are Masons. Yeah. So at the 2020 World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, Switzerland, Jane Goodall claimed that, that most environmental problems would not exist, quote, 
if there was the size of population <laughs> that th- that there was 500 years ago, close quote. Again, break. start with yourself. Don't don't worry about me or Terry. Yeah. Worry about yourself. <laughs> if you don't want to offend Mother Earth, then you do what you've got to do, Mrs. Elon Musk rebuke of Jane Goodall's pro-depopulation statements may primarily stem from the billionaire's concern regarding declining birth rates worldwide, <clears throat> which he has expressed numerous times in yeah. the past. Yeah. In a recent interview with Joe Rogan, Musk blasted the far-left envir- environmental movement that seeks to drastically reduce the number of people on the planet as a death cult yep. <laughs> that has a corrosive effect on civilization. Musk also correctly diagnosed abortion as one of the critical problems that lead to declining birth rates without explicitly condemning the killing of the unborn. Hey, he's getting there. He's getting there. In response to Ohio's radical abortion amendment passed in November, Elon Musk wrote on X that, quote, women in the West have been taught that an accidental pregnancy is the worst thing that could possibly happen, close quote. Thus, they strongly oppose abortion bans as being an existential threat, Elon Musk continued. Many men also fear that they'll be they will be unable to have fun if abortion is outlawed. Ah, that, there you he go. nailed there it. You got he it. nailed it. Yeah, it, it, men want abortion because men have been have been f- fueled by pornography. That's this right. it, it's a man caused problem. Last thing, Musk it. recent Musk recent statements seem to imply that the, he generally opposes abortion. However, Tesla, one of his companies, reportedly has an abortion fund to help employees kill their preborn babies. So yeah. he uh, he remains an enigma, but he says a lot of things that we definitely agree with. When we come back, Jesse, we're going to talk about the Holy Fathers asking theologians to demasculinize the church. In other words, have more women in the church with positions of power. And uh, I'd like to see uh, St. Catherine of Vienna be in there for that. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Jess, big news. I just got the word. As you know, Bishop Strickland's been on retreat for two weeks. He's going on a silent retreat. And while he's on retreat, we just got word a recent staff meeting of employees were reportedly informing uh, that while Strickland cannot offer Mass in the diocese, he may do so elsewhere. And so now the Bishop of Strickland, Bishop Strickland of Tyler, Texas, formal bishop, they, they're making a policy that he cannot say mass in the Diocese of Tyler. You know, Jesse, it's getting petty. I'm so sorry to say that. We are getting, you've got Cardinal Burke not even being able to have a place to live, you know, that is supposed to be a pension for him when he retires because he's too political or too orthodox with his teaching i just had enough of it jess i'm so tired of it i want to pray harder for our leaders in the church i hope that they don't do that to the good bishop it would be a shame for the flock not to have him there but you know what he told me when he gets off of retreat he's going to kick up the shows here at vmpr more than once a week we're going twice a week in january and then hopefully we'll go up to five days a week and i'll tell you what man that's not going to make some people in the vatican too happy but you know what it's all about evangelization, Jess, even in spite of what's happening. Jess, I had to throw that in before you got to the next topic because we need to pray for Bishop Strickland that he will respond in a very evangelical way and proclaim the gospel wherever he's at. We need him, we need him more now than ever. We don't, need le- we don't need less of him or, or Burke. Or, we need more of them. Yeah, well, let's get to this next topic. I just had to tell Pope, you that. Pope Francis has said, has said that we have to demasculize the church. Yeah, what's that all about? Demasculize. So Pope Francis, he asked the members of the International Theological Commission 
On Thursday at an audience at the Vatican, he says the church is woman, Francis said. And if we do not understand who women are, what the theology of a woman is, we will never understand what the church is. Mm -hmm. The Pope called masculinized church one of our great sins. It's amazing. You, you know what, Jesse? I had to be so laughing about it, but it, it shocks me. When I think about what he considers like um, a sin, uh, you know, it's, which his priorities are uh, things like the, uh, the idea of saving the planet. I mean, I get we have to be concerned about not abusing the planet, but it seems to me Our Lady of Fatima said it well when she said sins of the flesh are where most people are going to hell about below the belt. And, and he makes fun of that. So I have to pray for the Holy Father because you don't want to make fun of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Jesse. No, you don't. <laughs> That's the last person you want to make fun of. But the article says, these are quoting the words from the Pope. Yep. He says, and this is not resolved through ministerial means. That's another thing. It is resolved through the mystical, the real way. This is a task. I don't know what that means. I had no idea what that means. And it's means. ambiguous. Where yeah, you get totally that? ambiguous. Yeah. It's word salad. Mm -hmm. This is a task I ask of you, please. He directed the ITC, the International Theological Commission. Demasculinize the church. Close quote. So Francis was reportedly unsatisfied with the fact that the commission's membership is mostly male and said we must progress on having more female members. Women have a different capacity for theological reflection than, than we men, he explained. At the next meeting of the nine cardinals, we will reflect on the female dimension of the church. The ITC was created by Pope Paul VI in 1969. According to the Vatican website, the task of, of, of the commission is that of helping the Holy See and primarily the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith in examining doctrinal questions of major importance. The website continues. It says... The commission is composed of theologians from diverse schools and nations noted for their knowledge and faithfulness of, to the magisterium of the church. The members which number no more than 30 are nominated by the Holy Father after having been proposed by the cardinal prefect of the congregation and after consultation with the bishop's conferences. Women have been allowed to become ITC members since 2004. Again, per the Vatican website, the commission has 28 members, of which five are women. The majority of its members are priests or religious. The ITC's official membership listing only names to laywomen and one layman among its ranks. Terry. I, I got my thought, but you go ahead, Jess. Okay. I, 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 I wonder. I, now, I'm going to get very New Testament here. The Word of God, highest source of authority, correct, according to right, Dave Verbum. I wonder. I know. Seriously. I'm, I'm wondering what the, the, the Rome and, 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 and the Pope and, and the Cardinals that surround him right now. I wonder what they think when St. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, uh, he says, I, per I permit no women to teach or have authority over men. She is to keep silent, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. I wonder how they would interpret that verse. Here's another one, Terry. I'm getting New Testament here. Yeah, that's good. I'm not, I'm, I'm not pulling out a papal. I'm not pulling out a council, a saint. You're going to the highest I'm of the going food, right Jay. to yeah. the word the, God. Word of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 34. The women should keep silence in the churches. For they are not permitted to speak. 
but should be subordinate, as even the law says. If there is anything they desire to know, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. What? Did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only ones it has reached? How about this one? 1 Corinthians eleven seven. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. Terry, there's a structure that God has given us through natural law and even divine law. Notice, the Blessed Virgin Mary knows more than anybody else because she's full of grace. Yet, she was not at the Council of Jerusalem because that was not her role. Her role, she's not one of the successors of the apostles, though she knows more than any of them. And so, when you read these New Testament passages, men and women have a different role. Men are not superior at all. Ontologically, that's a fancy word that means in the essence of our being and our nature, we are equal unto God. But there is a pecking order between men and women. There's a function that's different. And for example, I'll give you, somebody can say, oh, Jess, that's heresy. No, no. No, did, did you know there's a pecking order within the, the Godhead? Of course. No, no. Yes, there is. Ontologically, the three persons are co-equal, co-eternal, co-majestic. But, but there is a hierarchy in, in terms of the way the Trinity operates. The Father sends the Son. The Son doesn't send the Father. The Father sends the Son, and the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't send the Father. And so, there's even within the, the Holy Trinity, there's of course the three persons are equal, co-majestic, co-eternal, co-powerful. They share the same essence, but there's but there's a a, a, a hierarchy in terms of the way the Trinity reveals Himself to us. And so there's a hierarchy within the family of God. The man is called the head of the house, Ephesians 5.22. The wife's never called the head of the house, which means a man has more responsibility. And so, Terry, to me, this ITC commission, it's breeding more confusion in, in terms of the proper role of the man and the woman by natural law and divine positive law. Well, I'm just going to add that. You hit the top of the food chain. I'm okay with picking people like Mother Angelica or Janet Smith because they have great theological yeah. background and to input and get the feminine aspect in there because they're straight shooters. But what I see this is look at the women that were picked for the Senate on Senadality, okay? Every one of those girls, I come out, they're very progressive and they're all for women's ordination. See, what happens, Jesse, is when you start uh, changing the deck up and you start stacking the deck with liberalism, this is what you get. And I think, you know, only divine intervention is going to save us because I see, well, I mean, we're all holding on, waiting and waiting here. We can because, as we say, the Holy Father's going to be 87 years old this month. He's not going to live forever, but I just can't see this kind of direction being good for Holy Mother of the Church. I continue to see 
people who are dissenters being promoted in high places, and that can only undermine the deposit of faith. That's my take, Jess. Terry, if you want to keep driving men out of the church... Yeah, put more women in. A, a, yeah, effeminize the church. Exactly. I mean, I went to Daily Mass this morning, Terry. I, I'm like... You know, I think there's three guys there, like 60 women. Wow. If, 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 if you oh. want to, yeah, if you want to continue driving guys out of the church, yeah. keep effeminizing the church. Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly what you're going to get. These guys are going to go to Protestantism. They're going to find some masculine Protestant pastor mm-hmm. that lifts weights or something. Yeah. Or they're going to go to Islam. Yeah. If these, these people that have a semblance of, of belief in God, a spark left. The effeminization of Christianity, Terry, is doing untold damages to Catholicism and even Protestantism. Yeah. And, and the fact is, this is this is uh, probably the fastest way for a man to walk out of Holy Mother Church. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And that's why the men's movement, Jesse, right now, over the last 30 years, you've been up and down the country yeah. at different Catholic men's conferences. And so if anybody knows the pulse of men, mm-hmm. it would be you. And am I on to something that most men are looking for masculine Catholicism? Am I on to something? Hundred uh, percent, Terry, uh, and, that, and most of the t- most of the talks that I give ha- have to do with the function, the role of a man, the role of a woman. Yeah, and it's very simple. You look at Saint Joseph, and you see three things that jump off from the New Testament about Saint Joseph. He was a leader. Yeah. he was a protector, and right. he was a provider of the Holy Family, spiritually and physically. Yeah. What do we see when you when you study the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the New Testament? Mm-hmm. Number one, she received loved from her from God the Father and her husband. Yeah. She surrendered to God the Father and her husband. And she also was docile. She also, she, you know, she also understood her role. Her role was the, 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 the she was the, the, the mother of the Redeemer. That was her primary role. Not an attorney, not a judge, not a lawyer, not a senator, not a, not a vice president. Her, the greatest occupation for a woman is to be the, a mother of a child. Well said. I want to also mention to our listeners, this is the end of the year. If you'd like to make a big donation now. Um, call me at 661-972-7872. I want to thank you personally because it does support the work of Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I want to ask you to continue to pray for Jesse, myself, and the whole staff because we want to be faithful to what? The Word of God and to Jesus Christ and His Bride, the Church. How do we do that? By living a holy life. Guess what state should we be living in? Last time I checked, live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Become holy or die trying and evangelize, 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 or fossilize. Exactly. Remember Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Please, make everything a sacrifice. Give it to Jesus for the salvation of souls. God bless you and your family.